let's try this again. I had gotten through three-fourths of what I wanted to talk about in this podcast, but I was too tired, so I was like, hey, we're going to stop for now, take a couple-hour nap, I'll come back, we'll finish it up, get this podcast out. Well, because of my tiredness, I did not properly save, and I lost 34-ish minutes of podcast material because it didn't save properly. So here we go again, the second time around, and maybe it's even better than it was before. But how I started off the last one, and I'm going to start this one off, is talking about Luis Robert Jr. All I have to say is, wow, had an awesome opportunity to go to Sunday's game, Sunday, June 25th, between the Red Sox and the White Sox in Chicago, and man, 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 it was a great game. Low scoring, 4-1, but Sox had to come from behind as they were trailing 1-0 after three innings. They scored two in the fourth to take the lead, one in the fifth, one in the sixth. Didn't allow the Red Sox to score again as the White Sox won 4-1. Luis Robert, as I mentioned, was a monster. Three for four, two home runs, two runs scored, three runs batted in. Had a couple of great catches at center field. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the MLB this year, but if you haven't, watch Luis Robert Jr. The Sox started off really, really, really slow. They're starting to combine wins together, which is awesome. But Luis Robert has been amazing to watch all season, playing at an all-star level, easily all-star level. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Here you can find This episode and every other episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcasts. It is plural with an S backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Socials, you know we're there. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Follow my personals, Brandon Lachance. It's spelled L-A-Chance. On Facebook and then Twitter, LaChance Writer. So LA Chance Writer. On all of the socials, on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, please like, follow, star, comment, all those cool things that show us that you're listening so we know who to give props to and to help us move up the ratings and to show people are paying attention to what's going on in Illinois because that's what we do here. All we do is spotlight, highlight, everything going on in our area, northern central Illinois, and we love it. Hopefully you love it too. You must because you're listening. We appreciate that. Always, every day, all day. Also, always got to give props, love, support to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions for the masterful intro and outro beat that you heard on this show and you can hear on every other episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, which is brought to you by First State Bank. 19 locations in northern and central Illinois. Great people, great banking minds. You can literally get everything done that you need to financially with First State Bank. Absolutely everything. Saturday was at the Mendota Fireworks, part of the Mendota Chamber of Commerce. Actually, it's Mendota Area Chamber of Commerce. I manned the walking gate with a friend of mine and a friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast, Jared Bell. We worked together at the News Tribune in LaSalle for eight years. 
So we manned the gate together, enjoyed some fireworks, helped direct traffic, you know, all that cool stuff. It was a lot of fun. Mendota Chamber doing a great, great job with the fireworks every year. If you didn't know, they pay for it, they run it, they do everything with the fireworks. Appreciate the Mendota Police Department and Fire Department being on hand to help. Also direct traffic, help with people. And if anything were to go wrong with the fireworks, they're right there. So much love to them. Do want to do a public service announcement real quick. People driving and people walking. Please be mindful of the other party. If you are driving around an event such as fireworks around a lake, there is no reason you need to be going more than 15, 20 miles an hour on a street. You do not need to gun it going 40, 50 miles an hour through a street in five seconds. You're not going anywhere fast. And if you hit somebody, your life is over. So why don't we just pay attention to everything that's going around and not drive like we don't know how to drive. And people walking, you are smaller than a vehicle. Even if it is the smallest car known to man, that car hits you, you're going to feel it. Could be lifelong altering injuries or take your life. Or on this case, it is going to severely worsen, dampen, ruin your Saturday 4th of July. Not only yours, but your family, your loved ones, the Chamber of Commerce, because they would have to deal with it, police members, fire department, everybody is involved. Even if it is just one little hit, which is not really little, could break a leg, could break an arm, could take something from you, of your limbs, your body. Pay attention to what you're doing, please. There was a couple instances over the weekend on Saturday where things could have got way worse. Let's just pay attention. Let's be mindful of what's going on. This is episode 274. We have Dale Horseman and Kendall Sims on board today. Dale Horseman, the Yorkville senior who is now graduated, finished 18th at the IHSA Bowling State Meet, which ran January 27th to the 28th at St. Clair Bowl in O'Fallon. It was a pleasure to meet Horseman and Yorkville bowling coach Kendall Sims. Both helped Yorkville to state tournament as a team finishing fourth at the Plainfield North sectional with a score of 60-60. Definitely ready to unleash this interview. Great chats with Dale and Kendall. This show also includes win-lose stats, 3A, 4A baseball and softball state tournaments. I was on vacation in West Virginia. I came back. I've done a couple shows since I got back. And I uh, was getting ready to prepare for this one. I was like, oh my, I haven't touched those tournaments. Let's get them in this one. So 3A, 4A, baseball, softball will be discussed. Also, the return of Bring It Back, one of my favorite sections. Try to get it in as much as possible, but I love listening to music. So when I got something to listen to, especially if I've never heard it before, I dive in super, super hard and listen to it all the time, nonstop until I can't listen to it no more, and then we break it down. So that's what's going on this time. Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 album list. Well, that's every time. But this time, on the Rolling Stone Magazine top 500 list, we are breaking down Loretta Lynn and her album, Coal Miner's Daughter, from 1971. If you're new to Edge of Your Seat podcast, we throw polls on Facebook and Twitter. Ask a couple people around of four albums at a time. So we started at 500, broke down the first 
album list, the first four of the album list, put them on a poll. Whoever won, we dove into the artist, dove into the album, ranked the song listings. No different here, as we are at now, 440 is Loretta Lynn. We'll have the next four options at the end of this show. We'll put them out there in exclusive before we drop them on Facebook and Twitter. Again, send an email if you have a vote, want to know about something, but I kind of want to listen to it first. So we'll listen and then we'll break it down for you. Save you some time. And it's always great to do Bring It Back on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account, pay off a high interest credit card, or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can't afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online too. Check out FSB Premier's account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quilla loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Win, lose, stat, state edition. Class 3A, 4A baseball and softball state tournaments. 3A baseball in the semifinals. Sycamore, the Spartans, got to the state tournament, but unfortunately lost day one of the tourney 3-0 to Nazareth Academy. However, they were one of two teams to win their last game of the season as Sycamore won the third place game, taking home the third place IHSA state trophy 2-1 against Effingham. In the championship, Nazareth Academy, who beat Sycamore in the semifinals, won the state championship 7-2 against Grays Lake Central. In 4A, we didn't have a representative Edwardsville won the state championship in 4A, 6-4 against Brother Rice. For the third place title, New Trier in Winneka defeated York in Elmhurst 9-4. 3A softball, staying on the field, but just going from the white ball to the green ball. The lime green, safety green ball. Softball 3A, the champions, Lamont. Beat Antioch 1-0. In the third place game, Bennett Academy out of Lyle defeated Charleston 4-3. In 4A softball, Yorkville, one of our squads, knocked off Oak Park River Forest in the semifinals 4-3. However, in the championship, Chicago Marist, just too much for Yorkville as the Foxes lost 9-1. Third place, Oak Park River Forest defeated Barrington 2-1. Congratulations to the Sycamore baseball team and the Yorkville softball team for fantastic seasons. Anytime you get to state, whether you win both games or you lose both games, you're one of the best four teams in your class in the state. That's incredible. Sycamore, Yorkville, incredible seasons. Surf Internet's fast fiber internet is more reliable and 25 times faster than cable. Unlike other local providers, we're proud to provide transparent, all-in pricing that includes equipment fees and taxes. With speed packages starting at $35 a month, you'll get a free modem, free expert installation, and free whole home Wi-Fi on most plans. Plus, 
no contracts, and no data caps at a price that's locked in for life. Go to surfinternet.com to learn more or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Bring it back. We are here. Finally. No, it's been a minute since we had this section, this segment, which I said one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Love sports, but also have a special place for music. Everybody should. Music is good for the soul. Loretta Lynn was is, not was, is number 440 on the Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 Albums of All Time list. She was battling 439 James Brown Sex Machine. 438 Blur Park Life and 437 Primal Scream with Scream Delica. Delactia. No, it's Scream Delica. Loretta Lynn wins pretty handedly. James Brown was kind of close at the beginning of the poll, and then Loretta Lynn just skyrocketed. Lots of people like Loretta Lynn, or at least this album, the 1971 classic Coal Miner's Daughter. As we will find out, as we're talking about Loretta Lynn, she was around music for a very, 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 very long time. But this album, the title, Coal Miner's Daughter, which is an album, an autobiography, a movie, many, many things for Loretta Lynn, highlights her career. When people are talking about her Coal Miner's Daughter, usually the next three words that come up. If you follow the pod... October 2022, we had an RIP for Loretta Lynn when she passed away. Before we get into Bring It Back officially, here's another RIP. RIP, Loretta Lynn. We'll start talking about her. Loretta Lynn was born April 14, 1932 in Butcher Hollow, Kentucky. As mentioned before, unfortunately, Loretta Lynn died October 4th, 2022 at the age of 90 in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Loretta Lynn is the definition of country, whether it be region, Kentucky, Tennessee, she was in Indiana, or music, defined country music as a female for many decades. She is the definition of country. Usually, we'll start with the person, break them down, not really, not literally, arms, legs are safe here, but we will dive into their life First, then get to their accomplishments in their industry, things like that. We're going to start with accomplishments first, because what Loretta Lynn was able to do during her career, mind-blowing. 18 Grammy nominations, won three of them. Won seven American Music Awards, eight Broadcast Music Incorporated Awards, 13 Academy Country Music Awards, eight Country Music Association Awards. Currently, still to this day, the most awarded female country recording artist of all time. The only female Academy of Country Music artist to be named the artist of the decade in the 1970s. 24 number one singles, 11 number one albums. She toured for 57 years until she had a stroke in 2017 and then stopped completely in 2018. She is the first woman in country music history to receive a certified gold album. She's in the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1988, the Country Gospel Hall of Fame in 1999, the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2008, 
also received the Kennedy Center Honors, which was given by President George W. Bush in 2003. First woman in country to receive a star on Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1977. In 1994, she was honored as the Country Pioneer Award winner by the Academy Country Music. She also received, this is a huge one, Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2010. In 2022, she celebrated her 60th anniversary as a member of the Grand Ole Opry. The Presidential Medal of Freedom was given to Loretta Lynn by President Barack Obama in 2013. She was named the Artist of a Lifetime in 2018 by Country Music Television. 2020, Ryman's Icon Walk unveiled the statue of Loretta Lynn. If you don't know what Ryman's Icon Walk is, aka used to be the Grand Ole Opry, a huge venue in Nashville, Tennessee. In 2023, Rolling Stone Magazine named her number 132 of 200 on a greatest singers of all time list. 200 singers out of the gazillion singers that have been in this country throughout the years is crazy. 132, I know everybody wants to be one or top five, top 10, but to be considered one of the 132 best singers of all time in the United States music industry is quite, quite an honor. After all those accomplishments, it's kind of like, whoa, we got to take a break. That's a lot of things. Loretta Lynn had an amazing career. Absolutely amazing. Does your driver need a new grip? Seven iron need a new head. Putter need to be replaced. Want to play a simulator during rainy cold days? Sports Boss Golf is your one-stop shop for everything golf. Located at 2950 Kane Road in Leland, Sports Boss has over 10,000 used clubs and new clubs for sale. Owner Mark Wright rebuilds, repairs, replenishes the value of every club in his own shop. Want a Callaway? Sports Boss has it. A Betanardi, Bridgestone, Cleveland, Cobra, Exotics, Crank, Mizuno, Odyssey, Puma, Strixon, TaylorMade, Tor Edge, Wilson. Whew, hold on, let me catch my breath. Sports Boss has a partnership with each one of those top brands. Check out Sports Boss Golf Shop on Facebook or call Sports Boss Golf at 815-326-9686 or email sportsboss777 at gmail.com to book simulator time, inquire about repairing or purchasing clubs, and any other of your golf needs. Loretta Lynn was born the second oldest of eight children to Clara Marie and Melvin Webb. Lynn's three youngest sisters are still alive in 2023. Melvin, known as Ted, died at 52 years old with a stroke. He had also had black lung disease because, believe it or not, he was a coal miner. The title coal miner's daughter is legit. It's real. Lynn is also distant cousins with another country music legend, Patty Loveless. January 10th, 1948, at the age of 15, Loretta married Oliver Lynn, who goes by the name, the nickname Doolittle. They were married till 1996 when Doolittle died at the age of 69, five days before his 70th birthday. The Lynns moved to Custer, Washington when Loretta was pregnant with the first of their six children. 
two have unfortunately passed away, four are still with us. Their relationship, Loretta Lynn's and her husband, Oliver Doolittle Lynn, is a key monster inspiration for her music. Even in this album, Coal Miner's Daughter, there's a lot of songs that are about them, about her and her husband, not her and her father. And it continues. And it was already happening for many, 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 many albums. In 1953, Lynn's husband bought her a $17 Harmony guitar, which would now be $200. She taught herself how to play. She started the Loretta and Trailblazers. That was her first band that she was a part of, and her brother, Jay Lee, was a lead guitarist. The first record, I'm a Honky Tonk Girl, was released February 1960 after she had signed a contract, her first contract, February 2nd, 1960, with Zero Records, which was owned, ran by Canadian Norm Burley. Although we've talked about accomplishments, we just listed out some family stuff, not everything was good as Loretta Lynn had an issue with the Wilburn brothers. They associated with the Grand Ole Opry, owned, ran, managed, all that kind of stuff throughout the years. Loretta Lynn had signed a contract with them and Decca Records, you know, eventually after the contract with Zero Records. But the contract she signed with them gave them publishing music rights. So her rights for her music was given to them. The masters, all that stuff they owned becomes a huge problem throughout her life. She fought for 30 years to get the publishing rights back and never got them. In fact, she stopped writing music in the 1970s because some of the money, some of the fame, some of the anything that came with the music would go to them instead of her. Lynn was very, very modest. She credits a lot of people, a lot of avenues for her success, including her best friend, Patsy Cline. In 1971, she began a professional partnership with Conway Twitty. The duo had five consecutive number one hits from 71 to 75, and then from 76 to 81, had seven other songs reach the top 10. After The Fire Is Gone in 1971, won a Grammy. They also won quite a few awards or titles. Vocal Duo of the Year, in 71 from Country Music Association. Best Vocal Duel by Academy of Country in 71, 74, 75, and 76. The American Music Awards named them the favorite country duo, 75, 76, and 77. Also in 1977, Loretta Lynn created a tribute album for Patsy Cline. She died in a plane crash in 1963. Loretta Lynn, a few years later, was like, hey, we need some Patsy Cline music out here. In an interview by a Maryland newspaper, Loretta Lynn had a comment or a quote about autographs and her fans. This is Loretta Lynn. These people are my fans. I'll stay here until the very last one wants my autograph. Without these people, I am nobody. I love these people. I love that. I love when... Artists give back to the people because if fans are not supporting them, buying albums, buying merchandise, going to tours or going to concerts in their home city, the artist isn't going to make it. They stay around. They keep making music. They keep getting record deals because people want to listen to them and people are coming to their shows. Loretta Lynn had eight songs 
that have been banned by 1987. Don't know if any have been since then, but before 87 and during 87, eight songs were banned. Why? Because of the topics that she wrote about or sang about, including philandering husbands, persistent mistresses, her own marriage, birth control, repeated childbirths, double standards between men and women, and widows created by the draft during Vietnam. Some controversial topics, especially in those days. 2023, not so much. We're kind of saying, rapping, singing, whatever we want to about whatever we want to, even though we're in a cancel culture. Hopefully we're getting out of that. I think we're at the tail end. But at that time, crazy interesting. 1976 autobiography called Coal Miner's Daughter made into an Academy Award-winning film in 1980 starring Sissy Spacek and Tommy Lee Jones. And of course, it hit number one in the box office. In 1993, she joined two other artists that you may know their names, Dolly Parton and Tammy Wynette for Honky Tonk Trio, which sold 800,000 copies. Coal Miner's Daughter was not the only autobiography Loretta Lynn wrote, as she wrote another one in 2002 called Still Woman Enough, both of her autobiographies, New York Times bestsellers. Loretta Lynn also ventured into cooking. In 2004, she had a cookbook called Your Cooking It Country. I kind of like that title. It's, it's nice. I like the pun, cooking country. Get it. 2004, also the same year, Van Leer Rose was an album that she created with Jack White. He produced it. If you don't know who Jack White is, he is one of the duo of White Stripes, very popular in the early 2000s. March 2021, she released her 50th, 50, 5-0 studio album. She created 50 albums during her career. Insane. However, she did not get to a 51st solo studio album. She does have other albums that were collaborations, Christmas albums, stuff like that, that are not included into these 50 albums. So she has even more. But solo studio albums, she did not get to 51 as health issues that had been kind of following her throughout her later years started to kick in. She had pneumonia many, many, many times. She broke her arm in a fall. In May 2017, she suffered a stroke. January 2018, she fell and broke her hip. So she was starting to, you know, kind of get to that age and body that just couldn't keep up. She died in her sleep, October 4th, 2022, at 90. She's buried next to her husband, Oliver, on their Hurricane Mills Ranch in Tennessee. Again, rest in peace. And what a career. What a lifetime. I kind of want to go get those autobiographies and read them. I don't know else of what I, you know, just besides the stuff that I found on the internet, looking around, I sort of listened to a lot of country in the 90s because of my mother and my grandmother, but not huge into country music. Of course, I knew who Loretta Lynn was. I was not surprised when I saw her on this list. I was not surprised when she won. I was kind of rooting for James Brown just because that's more my thing, but Loretta Lynn iconic. The definition of iconic as a performer, a country singer, an activist, everything that she was able to do. She was into politics. 
she's got statements that have been out there forever about politics and the way we do things. Just a great person that gave as much as she could to everybody that was willing to accept her and listen to her music. So rest in peace. We're going to have a word with Johnny Artiaga's landscaping business, and then we'll be back to talk about Coal Miner's Daughter and rank the tracks that are on the album. Believe it or not, sunny, beautiful weather is here. Well, as soon as this smoke gets out of here from Canada fires, but it's here. Bright clouds, bright skies, hot sun. This means you'll want your lawn looking just as good as the sun rays feel. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is the definition of lawn beautification. The company offers tree removal, lawn care, stump grinding, and spring and fall cleanup to residential and commercial customers. Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is fully insured and offers a senior citizen discount. Call 815-878-7504 for a free estimate from Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping. And I don't know about you, but after I'm working on the yard or even watching someone else do the outdoor manicuring, I get hungry. Coming soon to Little Joe's Gaming Cafe is a kitchen serving a variety of good eats. Go to Little Joe's located at 713 Illinois Ave in Mendota or call 815-538-4900 for more information. Coal Miner's Daughter 440 on the Rolling Stone Magazine Top 500 album list of all time. Released January 4th, 1971 by Decca Records. Holds 11 songs, 28 minutes and 17 seconds. This album, Loretta Lynn's 16th solo album. So 16 out of 50. As mentioned before, Coal Miner's Daughter, also an autobiography and the title of a number one box office movie. It peaked number four, the album did, in the U.S. Billboard Hot Country and was 81st on the Billboard Top Chart. Certified gold in 1983, selling 500,000. On the album, Loretta Lynn wrote Coal Miner's Daughter and two other songs. Here are some of the other names, people, that wrote the songs for her or with her on this album. Conway Twitty with Hello Darling. Chris Christopherson, I know him as an actor, but huge country music star. He wrote For the Good Times. Glenn Campbell, Less of Me. Peggy Sue Wright, who is Lynn's sister, wrote Another Man Loved Me Last Night. Marty Robbins wrote Too Far. And Gene McLellan wrote Snowbird. He also wrote songs for Anna Murray, Elvis, yeah, Elvis Presley, that guy, and Bing Crosby. The album Notorious, again, I said this before, about her father, her marriage, showing that she's a strong but scorned but loving woman. I do recommend this album if you're into country music. It is from 1971, so it is the classic, classic country sound that you would think Grand Old Opry, that you would think that would be created by Loretta Lynn. If you're into that, you like it, you want some well amazingly written songs about topics that we've mentioned here. This album is for you. Check it out. Coal Miner's Daughter. I checked it out, obviously, with the help of you voting it in the poll. It wins. So we were listening to it nonstop for quite some time. So here's the songs on the album and my rankings 
The first track of Coal Miner's Daughter is, of course, Coal Miner's Daughter. I mean, it's about the title. She is the daughter of a coal miner. It's how her mom and dad raised her. Washboards, no shoes in the summer, country living. One of my favorite lines. From mail order catalog, money made from selling a hog. Dad always managed to get the money from somewhere. Perfect. I mean, that's what you wants to be remembered as a father, as a dad. Hey, it didn't matter how I got it. I worked, I hustled, I did whatever I had to do to make sure my kids had what they needed, had a great life. And it's awesome when, you know, your daughter creates this song, this album, this movie, this things that all are coal miner's daughter showing that she is proud of her father and what he did. That's awesome. We'll just do the rankings as we talk about the songs instead of going back because then I find myself further going into the song, kind of repeating myself almost. So Coal Miner's Daughter, the first track, I ranked number four. I know Coal Miner's Daughter, the song is iconic off this album, but me personally, I liked a few others a little better, including number two, Hello Darling," written by Conway Twitty. This is a classic, classic country song. You know, just saying, hope you're doing fine. Hope you're, you know, moving on, doing your things. Keeps asking and then answering the question. Hope you're doing fine. Are you doing fine? And then just answering it, going on about their life. I rank that number three on the album. My top song on the album is number three, Less of Me. Talking about let me be kinder, less weary, more cheery, being a better, braver, courageous me. Getting braver through those temptations. It's a feel-good song about just being a better human being whether it's in your relationships, at work, with your mother, with your children, with whoever, just being a better person. I really, really liked it. Did not add it to a playlist. I always say, if, you know, one of these albums that I never would have listened to without doing this, if I put it on a playlist, I did not just because the 1971 sound, the classic twangy country, not really my thing. But in terms of words, in terms of what these songs mean, these are great. Maybe some of the best lyrics that I've read as we've went through these album lists. I mean, of course, there was a John Mayer album and David Bowie, Sheryl Crow. That's just a few of these songwriters that are really good on this list. And they're going to get better and better and better as we get through the list. But I think Loretta Lynn's writing here is the best that we've covered here on Edge of Your Sea podcast. The fourth track Anyone, any worse, anywhere, twangy, extremely twangy. It's about won't you won't find any worse than her anywhere. So deal with it. She takes care of her man, loves him. It's what it is. This is number eight on my rankings of the 11 songs. Number five called For the Good Times and I ranked it number five. Don't be sad it's over. Thankful for the time that two parties of relationships spent together before it's over. There was good times. There was a reason that you were together and unfortunately a reason that you're not together anymore. So thank you for the good times. Watch the bridges burn and move on. Number six, the man of the house. This is number nine on my rankings of 11. It's about when the, the man's never home. What is she doing? What is she thinking about? Is she with somebody else? Is she doing something that the man wouldn't approve of? Here's a quote from the song that I really like. When you stagger in tonight, and find me gone. It's because the man of the house is never home. He's out drinking. He's out philandering. 
he's out doing whatever, not having it. The piano in this song is excellent. Classic country piano, but great. I've always been a fan of the piano and it was put to good use in the song, The Man of the House. Track seven, What Makes Me Tick. I also ranked this at the same number, number seven. She's gonna go have her head examined because of the way she's let a bad partner treat her. Why would she be with a cheater? What makes her tick to put herself in the situations that she's put herself into? Well-written song. If you don't even want to listen to that one, just Google the lyrics of What Makes Me Tick by Loretta Lynn. Great song. Number eight, Another Man Loved Me Last Night. I have this ranked at number six. I'm thinking about past relationships and, you know, as you move on or even in a relationship, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, you think, well, what if they were with somebody else? Loretta Lynn gives it to you, says like, hey, this could happen. This might happen. And it should be a sad song, like the music, the harmony in the background, but the melodies are almost like joyous, upbeat. She slept with another man. She cheated. Can't look her partner in the eye, but how is he able to do it when she, he, has already cheated on her? She's only a human, only a woman. These are types of songs that she wrote that are uncomfortable for some people. Makes you think, like, what if your woman or your man was with somebody else? How are you thinking? What are you doing? That's the type of songs Loretta Lynn made. Crazy awesome. Number nine, it'll be open season on you. This is number two in my rankings, second best song. The open electric guitar, that's how it opens with the electric guitar. You hear it throughout the piano, the two together, oh, amazing. But this is a warning for women to stay away from her man. It's private property, it is mine, stay away. Great song and I hope everybody's partner, anybody listen to this, that your partner is saying the same things. Maybe not singing it like Loretta Lynn because that's tough. But hopefully saying the same thing about you. You're mine. Private property. Stay away. Number 10 is too far. Number 11 is Snowbird. I have 10 is 10. 11 is 11 in my rankings. I just think it was because it was so much country. And not that the songs sound the same. But the twanginess. The pianos. Although amazing in a couple songs. And the way they did their riffs and things like that. But eventually for somebody like me. It just got too much, you know, kind of something you'll listen to here, listen to there, but not a whole album of. And that's probably why streaming music and just listen to certain songs is crazy popular and what we do for music right now. But at this era, when everything was an album, which this is why we're doing this, because I love albums, it was just a little too much. There wasn't versatility in the way the songs sounded, like I said. There's some guitar riffs, some piano riffs that stand out above the rest. But for the most part, they sound the same. And having a whole album where the music, the harmonies, the melodies sound the same, that's too much for me. It just is. So 10, Too Far, about blind love. Did so much for a relationship, but now it's over. Her love was too far, too much, too quick. Number 11, Snowbird, like I said, ranked number 11. It's about maturing, moving on. Got to be tough, but you got to spread your wings. You got to fly away. You got to change your scenery, your environment. You take the stress, that false love, and move it to the side. You fly away with somebody 
that is true and that is going to be with you and not so much stress and the heartaches and the pulling of the heartstrings. All of these songs, well-written, great album, a reason that Coal Miner's Daughter is still remembered, still talked about to this day when it comes to country music and female recording artists. Great album, like I said, just not really my thing, but reading the lyrics and diving into the songs was like, man, for 1971, writing like this, being as risque as some of this was for that time, for a woman to be like, hey, that is my man, you leave him alone, or talking about cheating and things, the topics of her songs. Iconic. Absolutely iconic. So glad I got to listen to this album and dive into it and kind of dissect everything about this album, about Loretta Lynn, her life, and everything that she put into her music. Again, rest in peace, Loretta Lynn. What an amazing, amazing human being, songwriter, singer, all around amazing. Bring it back, Loretta Lynn's Coal Miner's Daughter, brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate, Jason Hintz, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for three years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. It is time to get to Dale Horseman. Kendall Sims with Yorkville Bowling. Horseman taking 18th at the IHSA State Bowling Tournament this past winter. It's crazy that the 2023-2024 school season, sports season, is only about a month and a half away. Usually starts in the middle of August or the end of August. And we're almost there as today is June 29th. Although it is about 12.07 a.m., so it just became Thursday, June 29th. But we're already in June. We're flying by. So we got to get these podcasts out so they're not crazy, crazy, crazy old. But the good thing about podcasts and pod waves is, you know, there's podcasts that are about subjects in 1920. Podcasts never get old. You can always talk about winning a state championship. You can always talk about a certain part of your life when you did something cool. And that's what we highlight here. It never gets old. It's never not listenable. You can always listen to podcasts about anything that happened in time. And we'll be back to further add entertainment for the podcast waves real, real, real soon. Until next time, peace. Stay bowling. Ended a couple
weeks ago, but never too late to talk about bowling, especially, you know, that high still going on, especially when you finish 18th in IHSA Boys Bowling Meet Tournament, whatever you want to call it. Dale Horseman from Yorkville was able to do that 18th finish. Dale, you got to be riding that high still. Absolutely. I mean, when you when you start breaking school records and doing things like as a team first, like it's it's an unreal feeling. And real quick before we dive into it any further, just for the ones that don't know, bowling in Illinois when you get to the postseason, there's no classes. It's everybody for themselves. There's no 1A, 2A, 3A, so on, so on, so on. There's only one class, so you're bowling against the best of the best. Absolutely, yeah. There's there's some really good schools around here, especially in our conference. Um, but when you when you get downstate, it is no joke. You were mentioning the team and school records. What were some of the things that you broke? So this was the first time in school history that um, the team as a whole has made it downstate, um, especially for boys. Um, we've had a girls team make it downstate, but uh, first time for uh, for men's bowling here at Yorkville High School to go downstate as a team. That's pretty awesome. So everybody was there, your whole team. You weren't just there by yourself. Nope. Awesome. Who are some of the guys on the team that we can give a shout-out to? Big shout-out to uh, my junior, the lefty, uh, Andrew Lipinskis. Um, another senior, Andrew Hellier. Um, another senior, Jesus Villa. And we had a, a couple other guys come down, uh, sophomore Finn Keen, sophomore TJ Overturf, and then we actually brought our freshman down, Alex Wilson. So just a different range of age groups, and it sounds like left-right-handers, and probably skill sets, too. Absolutely. How fun was that, though? Go to state, have your whole team with you, and seeing the you know versatile talent that Yorkville had as a team. It means so much more to have like the team come down there, and especially like a team bonding thing. Like we've had a couple, uh, we've had a couple far like distance like trips to tournaments like Freeport, and we had uh, overnight stay in Rockford. But to go downstate as a team and just have a great time with those guys and celebrate all the things that we did this year is, is truly amazing. For you individually, how did you think you bowled at state? In that state and, like, this season as a whole, I have no complaints as far as what I did this year. Um, I won our uh, Southwest Prairie Conference individual champion. I finished runner-up at the IHSA Regional. Um, I was individual champion at the IHSA Sectional. I, I seriously, I couldn't be more proud of how I handled myself this year. So you're like, hey, this is my senior year. I'm going all out. Absolutely. Couldn't have worded any better. At state... We'll go over some of these games. First game, a 244. Second game, a 165. Third game, a 202. So in the morning or the first day, a 611 three-game series. Then your second three-game set, we had a 192, a 220, a 230 for a 642. Throughout the whole deal you finished, or the whole state tournament, you finished with a 2,542. You were four pins away from the 16th place tie and 11 from the two-way tie at 14th place. So you were like one strike away from moving up like five spots. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it gets real competitive down there. I mean, scores scores were super high uh, day one. You actually read out my day two scores. Like, I think I had a better day one. Um, I tried to throw a different ball day two that, you know, I didn't really give a look to on day one. Um, looked great game one. Game two, got caught in a little bit of transition. 
I'll change it. It is what it is. Definitely. I did read off the day two. I was looking at the final finals, and they just have the day twos on there. You can always go back on IHSA org for anybody that wants to see all of the scores. But for your day one to day two, I mean, you are bowling 12 games in, what, a 24-hour period? Is that a lot for you? It, it is a grind, to say the least. So every other tournament this year is just six games flat. It's one day. Um, you know, you take three in the morning, have a lunch break, three in the afternoon. But 12, 12 within a 24-hour time frame is, is a lot, to say the least. I know we have Coach Kendall Sims with us. We're going to get to her in just a second. But did she prepare you for that? Did she help you out with the postseason and be like, hey, this isn't like our, our normal meets and things like that. This is going to get kind of difficult. A lot of bowling. Were you prepared for it? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a practice plan for every week. So some days it's fair shooting. Other days it's just get games in to prepare for your tournament and figure out what works and what doesn't. But no, we were, we were more than prepared as a team to go downstate this year. That's awesome. Did you guys do the Rocky treatment? You were beating up meat slabs in a frozen locker and stuff, running 18,000 miles to get ready for this? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) You kept that training for the boxers and other people, right? Absolutely, yeah. Let's let's keep that to boxing. Definitely definitely don't need to bring that over into bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome. But you did get enough games in to kind of – I don't know if you want to call it conditioning, but kind of get you ready for, you know, 12 games in 24 hours. That's a lot. No, absolutely. And it, along with, like, getting your practice time in, like, it, it's a big thing in other sports as well, just making sure you're well-rested and, you know, mentally prepared as well to, to go downstate and compete at the highest stage. So That was my next question, is bowling, as much as it is physical and making sure you're lined up right and your arms don't go crooked and, you know, things like that physically, it's a mental game. You are beating yourself up every time that you're stepping up or you're congratulating yourself or doing different things mentally for your bowling game. What was, what helped you get through that grueling 12-game grind? What was helping you mentally? So, along with bowling, I actually, I'm a pitcher for baseball, so bowling is also a huge mental game. I'm a closer for baseball, so I get put in those high leverage situations where it's it's basically put up or shut up, for lack of a better word. You just got to trust the process. It's the same with every other sport. It's, you know, control what you can. You know, if you, you leave a 10-10, you know, you don't go 10 back every time. It's it's a grind. You just you got to stick it out and trust that, you know, you're, you're more than capable of doing what you need to do. So you're like a mental warrior. You're like, hey, I got this. It doesn't even matter the situation. I think I have an advantage over some other people, yes. And that was the modest answer. I like that. You're like, hey, I'm not going to pop myself up too much, but I'll take the modest route. That was good. That was good. No, absolutely. (laughs) Let's sort of wrap the season up. I mean, you talked about how cool it was having the team. You sound like you guys had a really, really good team. Everybody goes to state. That's a great way to wrap up a senior year winter season going into baseball in spring, you know, with that winning on your mind and team. Baseball, definitely a team sport. So it seems like a great transition from winter to spring sports with what you guys were able to do at State. Absolutely. It's just the the team atmosphere that we had this year was unreal. You know, I've I've been a four-year varsity bowler. There's been some great kids that come through the program even before I got to high school, like freshman year. Um, my brother was actually a senior on varsity, so I got one year with him. There's other kids that have been 
before I even got to high school, like I was invited to come practice with some of the guys on varsity, most of which are bowling collegiately now. I've had such great teammates over the years, and to, to go downstate as a team in my senior year of bowling is just unreal. Good stuff, good stuff. Now we go to baseball. Have you been a four-year varsity baseball player? I have not, no. I guess last year was my first year on varsity as a junior. Gotcha. Baseball, a little harder to crack that varsity lineup. No, absolutely. <laughs> just a tad, just a tad. And Yorkville usually has some pretty good teams, right? Last year, we we did some pretty cool things as a team. We, uh, we won our side of the conference. We lost a bunch of seniors who, again, most of which are going on to play collegiately. So they kind of paved the way for some of us guys this year. So we're, we're looking to make a run at it again. Gotcha. And you said you're a closer on the pitching side. Do you do any batting? No, I do not swing. I figured that out pretty early. <laughs> you're like, hey, I can throw a baseball, but to be on the other side of it, just not my thing. No, I'll take some VP swings, but other than that, that's, that's about it. <laughs> Hey, you're, you're one up on me. I never swung a baseball bat, you know, outside of P.E. class until uh, Old Man Beer League when I was like 27. Some men, 16-inch softball league. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you got one up on me. At least you're playing high school baseball. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure. With you being a senior, spring baseball, I mean, that's kind of uh, it for high school. Do you have any plans Afterwards, are you going to bowl baseball as a closer? What's next for you after high school? So after high school, uh, before we get to college, I am a pitcher with uh, with Illinois Dynasty, which is a travel organization out of Joliet area. But after we get done with that, I will be continuing my academic and athletic career at Huntington University to bowl and play baseball. So you're getting the best of both of your worlds. Yeah, I, I couldn't choose what I wanted to do during the recruiting process and uh, my coaches at Huntington, uh, Coach Mike Shockey and uh, Coach Thad uh, Frame were like, we'll let you do both here and that's all I needed to make my commitment. Awesome. Where is Huntington at? It is like 20 minutes south of Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's actually in Huntington, Indiana, but super small town and had everything I was looking for in a college. Okay, and it is a four-year? It is a four-year. Gotcha. Yeah, when you get to Indiana and start uh, naming small schools, I kind of get lost because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of, like, good schools in that area. It's a a really competitive uh, conference um, that we're in over there. Yeah, you're not dropping off sports-wise. You're still going to take that next step up. I wasn't trying to downplay by saying there's a lot of them, but Indiana is almost, like, famous for small four-year schools in the middle of nowhere that give you a great education and produce really good athletes. It's weird, but that's what Indiana does. It's the schools that you would least expect, too. <laughs> yeah. So. You're like, what? where's this? What? I've never heard of this. And then all of a sudden, you look at people that are graduating and are like, wow, this person is from there? Like, you have no idea. There's a professional bowler, um, DJ Tackett. He's actually from Huntington area. He just won the, the Triple Crown for PBA and He's kind of paving the way for some of those like small town guys on, on the biggest stage as well. So I've actually met him at a couple opens. Really? Yeah, he's a good guy. And he's uh, really funny, and he's a great bowler. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're in the sports world long enough, you get to meet people that you never thought you would meet, especially from little places like Indiana. <laughs> there was a PBA event in uh, Aurora at Parkside Lanes that 
to the pros and talk to them about just games, just everything. And, you know, those those guys, regardless of, like, how far they've made it, just super, super down to earth, just great people. That's awesome. Good stuff. It seems like you're enjoying your time being able to play baseball and bowling and getting to meet cool people and going to the next level to do both. That's got to be really exciting. I mean, a lot of people don't get to go to the next level and do one sport. You have the opportunity to too. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful of the opportunity that I've been given for, for the next four years to, to do both sports that you know I've basically played my entire childhood, so... Definitely. I mean, all you got to do bowling-wise is get 18th place in the state, and you're good. <laughs> it definitely helps. Definitely helps. For sure. This seems like a good transition to talk to Coach Kendall Sims. Coach Sims, I mean, it has to be pretty awesome having your whole team go to state, and then you have Dale finish 18th. That's got to make you feel good as a coach. Yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, um, we knew that we were going to have a good season. I feel like anybody who came and watched us this year knew that we were going to be competitive and be really good. Um, and like Dale alluded to earlier, we have a super competitive conference. Like our conference has, you know, um, the defending state champions from last year in it. So um, we knew that we had to do something really, really special this year, but to really work together. But the team chemistry that we had this year was just unmatched. Like I've never seen a group of of kids who can work together as well as these kids did work together. Um, so, I mean, how can you, you know, um, do better than making it to state, you know, all, all eight of them, but also they truly enjoyed being together. Like every single day, they loved being together. They worked well together. We always put the collective first. I think that's why we were so successful. Definitely. And when you guys say conference, you are talking about Southwest Prairie, correct? Yes. Gotcha. There are some really good bowling schools in that conference. Yes, they really, it's our third year, right, our third year in the conference. Um, so we were in a different conference before, and then we, we moved over um, to STC. And, yeah, it's been great competition. Like, we've, you know, we've had um, Dale make, you know, all-conference and him winning conference this year. And that's honestly, that was his one of his really big goals going into this year was to win the conference because I'm a firm believer that it's one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive conference in the state. So um, we really wanted to rise to that level of competition every day. And that's, that's what we set out to do. And the beginning of the season was a little rough. Like, we did not get started as strong as I wanted us to. I think that um, they were frustrated because the pieces just weren't quite clicking athletically yet. And it took us really until about, you know, the end of the season, almost going into winter break, for all the pieces to kind of click. So um, it definitely came at the right time. Definitely. What are some of the other schools that are in this conference, and who won the state last year for the conference? So Manuka uh, won state last year in 2022, um, and they won a conference this year as well. And I believe Joliet West got second in our conference this year. And they were third last year in the state. So some powerhouses. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we definitely did not have an easy trip uh, to the state tournament, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it does not sound like it at all. How long have you been with the program? This is my sixth season as head coach. Okay, were you a bowler or are a bowler? I did. I bowled in high school and collegiately in McKendree University. Nice. What school did you go to? High school? Uh, Downers Grove South. Okay, okay. All the burbs up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's really, it's really a unique perspective going from being an athlete 
to coaching is something that no, no amount of preparation can actually prepare you for because it's such a different world. Um, but I'm, I told my kids this last week at our banquet, I firmly believe that I have the best group of kids. Like, they have truly been such a joy to coach, and, like, I truly enjoy every day with them. They are just, like, they work so hard, and I feel like I always knew that they could do it, and they are, work so hard day in and day out. And I feel like, you know, in our postseason run, they were really able to see all those pieces put together. And it came at the perfect time. Like, you know, we won our regional, which was, you know, something that was so cool. We've never won a regional um, boys or girls bowling in school history to so won that regional to make it to sectionals. And then it just kept getting better and better. Like, every moment that we had, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is such a defining moment. And then they would um, exceed um, the next goal that I gave for them. So they really have exceeded expectations all season. Well, great job for you, Coach. Great job to Dale Horseman and the entire Yorkville boys bowling team doing things that have not been done in the school before, make it to state as a team, Dale finishing 18th. Congratulations to everybody involved, and thank you so much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having us. Just kidding. We're not done yet. Sending out a thank you to Dale Horseman and Kendall Sims for chatting with us. But let's end with... The next poll for Bring It Back at 436 is Tupac, All Eyes on Me, 1996. 435, Pet Shop Boys with Actually from 1987. 434, Pavement with their album Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain in 1994. 433, LCD Sound System, Sound of Silver from 2007. Please vote. Send in emails, edgeofreceiptpodcast at gmail.com. The poll is on Twitter and on Facebook. Again, Edge of Your Seat Podcast Facebook. That's the Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And Twitter, Edge of Your CP. The polls are also on my personals, Brandon Lachance, L.A. Chance. On Facebook and Twitter is Lachance Writer, L.A. Chance Writer. Please vote. Involve yourself. Let me know what you would listen to or want me to listen to so we can break down the artists, break down the albums, rank them, and have a great, amazing Bring It Back.